You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is good, people? Benny and the Bets back on the airwaves, back on your YouTube channel. Always great to have you with us. If you recognize the face to my right on the screen, it is, of course, my good friend Justin Fensterman. You can follow him on Twitter at Fensty Sports. He's got a, a different job title than before, which I will give him the floor to explain, but uh, couldn't be happier for uh, our long-term, our long-time friend here on the program. We are, of course, presented by our good friends over at PXG, who are currently doing an October fitting promo where a full bag fitting is 25 bucks. So that's even less before than what you were looking at. $25, you go in, get a fitting. It was one of the best golf experiences of my life. I was able to do it at the PXG location in Overland Park in the Kansas City area at 119th Blue Valley Parkway. Please go check out my friends. They are friends of us over at KCSN. They should be friends of yours as well. Go see Alex and Marcus and Jake and the rest of the crew. They will take good care of you. Plus, the fall apparel line is out as well. They got some really nice looking stuff. I'm very excited to add to my collection. Clean nice little pullover. Ripping into uh, to pullover season here in the world of golf. So please go check out our friends over at PXG or visit them online at pxg.com. I wanted to bring on Fensty for a couple of different reasons. The first is, if you heard him before, he's one of the uh, utmost analysts in the sports betting and fantasy business. He is a great follow and an amazing friend. And he's also a lifelong New York Jets fan. And who do the Kansas City Chiefs play this weekend? Oh, yeah. That would be the New York Jets. And honestly, Fensty, I kind of wish people would talk about the game as opposed to who's going to be at the game. But conversation for another day. First of all, it's great to see you. Good to, uh, good to have you back on the show, my friend. It's good to see you, Ben. I'm sorry that Taylor Swift couldn't make it to your show, so you had to slow well, it me. But option number two, man, I'm still honored anyway. Listen, I, I knew you were in trouble when you walked in. <laughs> Benny and the bets. <laughs> Love it. There you go. That's the show. That, that is the show. Just, it's a just, just walk away moment right there. That's pretty much our friendship in a nutshell right there, when everyone just heard those 20 seconds. Right. Very much so. Um, yeah, it's been it's been all of the story. It's been funny to see Travis be who's, who's just such a larger than life personality, like really shy away from talking about it. Um, listen, I I've said this publicly before. I don't think this ends well for anybody. Um, I know people are enjoying the show, but either either Chiefs fans are gonna blame if they if they have any sort of rough patch in the season now they're going to blame taylor swift uh swifties are going to blame travis kelsey uh if something goes wrong in the relationship she'll write a song i i'm happy for them but honestly i just don't really care producer nick says as long as they stay together until after the super bowl that's perfectly fine i think the the ultimate culmination would be if the chiefs win the super bowl um she has to show up on the stage and she has to do a cover of You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys. And then they can end the relationship and we'll all be perfectly content. They had, I mean, with, with, with her and everything, it's almost like, look, she's excellent. She draws a major, I mean, let's face it, she's the hottest musician out there right now when it comes to a draw. I mean, I guess Harry Styles is right there as well. But you got Taylor Swift as the certified one seed. But at the same time, Ben, 
football. Like I'm watching as many of these broadcasts as I can, and they're not talking about football. And that's why we're all watching the games here. So it's so great when our pop culture intermingles with football. But on Sundays, we're thinking football here, man. We're thinking fantasy. We just want to watch the game. And like you said, not who's at the game outside of those in uniform. Dude, I I made a joke on Twitter earlier this week that, you know, I was like, all right, I'm finally able to escape from all this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift bullshit. This is going to log on to my sports betting apps and go ahead and bet like, oh my God, are you kidding? Like there's there's props that are related specifically to whatever this is. So that's the end of the Taylor Swift conversation. I promise we are diving into to Chiefs and Jets. Uh, hopefully you've stuck with us at this point. Uh, if we're not too boy, uh, we, we owe it to you to be able to, to keep the fun going. Um, first of all, before we get into the game, and I know you got some some props that we're going to dive into for this week as well, some of your best bets for, for week number four. I have my best bets for the week as well. We'll dive through them together. Um, first and foremost, um, you have a, a, a slightly new title, and uh, you're at a new publication doing some amazing work. Tell us about uh, some of these changes going on. Uh, absolutely, Ben, and I thank you again. And of course, thank you for having me on once again. Yeah, I'm working at Fantasy Guru now with my great friend, Jeff Bands. I used to produce his radio show on Sirius XM. He actually hired me at Fantasy Alarm nine years ago. So it's almost a full circle moment. So I'm going to be their lead basketball analyst for the NBA. And I'm also doing some football injury stuff as well for them. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been diving into practice reports every day, being trying to be a somewhat journalist and trying to chase down as many of these angles and as many of these news and notes as possible because some of them don't lead to anything. Players like DeAndre Hopkins don't practice, let's say, like the last few weeks. Then they end up playing. So it's almost like it leads to nothing. But it still definitely keeps me and my research flow and not that I'm not doing it anyway. I got seven fantasy teams. That's Kenahura. It's a lot. So this is just a great part of my day. So I'm doing all that, Ben. And I'm also, as well, besides being a sports analyst on SiriusXM, fantasy sports radio and NFL radio, I'm also a classic oldies rock DJ as well at the smallest station in Maryland, WTHU, cool oldies 1450. And that's been a lot of fun, man. Music is different than sports, but it's kind of like when we, because we were both radio producers, it's almost like writing promo scripts, an elongated promo script. And it's almost like if you've done that before, like we used to make promos like it was our job because it was our job. It's almost second nature, and it's just so much fun. So very blessed to have the opportunities to do these things. Yeah, by the way, the uh, the show, Fantasy Football Game Day Morning, is every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. East Coast time. That is 6 to 8 Central time on SiriusXM Fantasy, SiriusXM NFL Radio with uh, my former colleague, Michael Fabiano, over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, Fab's one of the, the real good dudes in the business as well, so must listen to get your fantasy and your sports and betting props ready for Sundays. And then, of course, I, you know, someone who's known Jeff for a long time as well. Um, and being able to, to go and dive through the injury report, I, I can't even begin to tell folks how much of an insight that can give you for the prop market leading up to when they start to trickle out Wednesday with some of the anytime touchdowns, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with some of the yardage. Uh, so often, you'll see a line get let out and then immediately get taken back. I would imagine that knowing a lot of this injury news on the earlier side and following before the rest of the public catches up, 
if you spot a line that you like, you're jumping on it on the earlier side. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I've actually grown as an analyst by doing these is because I'm putting a lot more focus into the offensive line, into what defensive tackles are going to be missing when you have a team that's missing two or three people on their offensive line. That changes everything. And sometimes because in fantasy, we focus so much on the offensive production. Well, how is that offensive production occurring? Who's responsible for that? And if you're having your guards that are out and your tackles that are out and your center, let's just say, is injured, now you've got three guys that are out, some of your best protection, and you've got maybe draft picks with lack of experience, that changes the entire game and complexion. And that's an area where I have played in IDP fantasy football leagues before. Doing what I'm doing now has had me go into more of a research mode and, like you said, being able to find the props in advance, being able to start looking at games, be like, wow, this quarterback's going to be on the run the entire time. Where are the sack props at? So that's something that I've started to dive into, Ben. And that's a thing. I mean, you and I have talked about this before on shows, off shows. We're always growing. You never, to me, when it's like hitting your ceiling and talking about your ceiling, we're always trying to grow. We're always trying to become better analysts in the football space. There are a ton of new stats out there, expected stats that a lot of more sharp people are relying on. To me, Ben, like in baseball, I don't go too knee deep into that, but I want to at least have the awareness that they're out there so we can help best serve the audience. No doubt. And I also think about the fantasy community who was, I don't want to say light years ahead of the betting community, but first couple of weeks of the season, I, I think about somebody like Puka Nakua over in Los Angeles. Like that was a fantasy darling going into the start of the season was only until week two, week three that the betting community really started to catch up on somebody like him. Sam Laporta, I think the the general consensus was, well, it's a tight end. Yeah, he might uh, have a nice pedigree, but tight ends don't produce in their first year in the NFL. And, you know, he cashed uh, a first touchdown bet at uh, like 13 to one for me uh, last week because you start to look at the target share. You start to look at yards per play start to look at red zone volume and carries and opportunities inside the five, inside the 10. I would argue that those involved in the fantasy space have just as much of an advantage as some of the most sharp betters out there because you're looking for the right stats as opposed to just overall collection of numbers that might set a certain line or a certain total. Right. And that's where everybody has to be careful in looking at the entire season. I mean, the sample size is only so small, but that's where you have to be careful in those expected stats as well. You have to be careful with that. Don't forget, stats are stats. The stats that have occurred, those are the stats that we really have to rely on. The expected stats, we don't know what the conditions are. I mean, let's say someone gets hurt. Well, they were expected to do X, Y, and Z in this game. They get hurt in the first quarter. That's going to bring down those numbers. So there's so much variable change like that. That's why, Ben, I try to stay away from some of those more analytical kind of stats and really still stick with something like snap percentage, target percentage, red zone opportunity. Sure. And right now where we stand in week four, we don't have that big sample size, but we're starting to get it though. And in the next few weeks, we'll be able to be on those trends. And then what it comes down to now is for me, what teams are putting up points like a couple of teams that I've been chasing, Seattle, bad defense, but they're capable of putting up offense with a tremendous amount of weapons. Minnesota, the exact same thing. 
a, an offense with Kirk Cousins who will throw and throw and throw with the best receiver in the game and also other weapons as well and will move the ball quickly down the field. At the beginning of the year, those are the teams that I look to chase when it comes to betting, whether it's an over-under or whether it's a player on the team for a prop. All right, so we'll obviously talk about the uh, the Chiefs' upcoming matchup with the Jets. We'll go through the spread and the total and, of course, some of our favorite props, and including a, a trend that I'm curious to get your perspective on regarding how dominant the Chiefs' defense has been this year and how that's correlated to some of the offensive props available and whether or not you've noticed anything related to that aspect. So we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we go to break, you know, what a nice little run that the Chiefs have right now. They got to smack my Chicago Bears in the mouth. That was uh, not a fun game to attend. I had a great time. Uh, shout out to the uh, tailgate for a cure, uh, which both myself and my good friend Danny Parkins and our significant others were able to attend. That was a, a great time at the tailgate. Uh, unfortunately, the moment we walked into the stadium, it was just an absolute beatdown. Um, and now they go ahead and get the chance to take on the Jets as near double-digit favorites. I... I was joking about this with you a little bit earlier. Like, there's three teams probably right now in the NFL that fan bases are just like, why do you hate us? Why Why does the world hate us? Why does, you know, the Lord, why have they cursed us? That's the Bears, the Jets, and the Denver Broncos. So I want you to go ahead. You can make your case. I believe that, that the Chicago Bears remain the most cursed NFL franchise uh, in the NFL. Um, we have not had a 4,000-yard passer in the history of our franchise. Uh, they have had multiple chances to take a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, uh, on multiple occasions. It's basically indicated that he should have been a Chicago Bear. And they're like, no, you know what? We like Mitch. Mitch is our guy. Um, so that stings me to this day. But go ahead and, and make your argument that uh, the New York Jets are the, the hardest, most difficult team to, to be a fan of uh, compared to my lowly Chicago Bears. Well, let's start with the fact that they have the longest playoff drought in the NFL right now, and that's something that's very important. Something else we can talk about, you talk about the quarterback issues that the Bears have had. I mean, how many Jets quarterbacks are going to go down either in the preseason or at the beginning of the season? Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington, my entire childhood was marred with my quarterbacks getting injured. I was looking in my closet over here, and I still have all of the Jets jerseys that I've ever owned. Do you really? Yes, we have like available right now. Yes, I can literally go and walk in the closet and grab all four jerseys right now if you really wanted me to. I, I, I do. I, I do it, I, and I'll even buy you time to to run out and get it because I'm I'm just trying to think of all the Jets quarterbacks that I've seen in my lifetime. You, know, you mentioned Vinny. You mentioned Paddington. Yep. Um. All right, just g- give me the names. All right. So the Jets jerseys that I have, the first one that I just brought down from New York after being in there for the holidays. And it still fits magically. And I'm not on any kind of Weight Watchers diet or anything. I don't look at my best. Santana Moss was my okay. first Jets. Not quarterback. Yes. Not but still a jersey that you have hanging around. I got that. And I believe it was 2003, my first ever football game that I ever attended. The Jets were 0-3. They were facing the Bills. They won by three points, but I got a Santana Moss jersey. So that was cool. And they won. That might have been one of maybe three games they won that entire year. That's so cool. also... Brett Favre. So then they get Brett Favre, right? So Brett Favre, as John Madden would say, the late John Madden. Brett Favre starts out very good. Eight and three. The Jets look like they're going to roll right into the playoffs. He hurts his shoulder, plays through the injury because he's downplaying the injury. So he's playing through it. 
and they completely collapsed to the point where in the final week of the season, Chad Pennington, who was on the damn team, takes away their playoff chances. Now he's playing for the Dolphins, and just like that, Jets to Dolphins, Dolphins win, Jets don't go to the playoffs after that. So now you got Mark Sanchez, right? And everyone's all Sanchez this, Sanchez that. I loved when they drafted Mark Sanchez, I believe in 2009. But that defense was as good as the Jets' defense currently is. And that can only carry you so far because Sanchez wasn't that great of a quarterback. Okay, they did a great job of beating the Chargers. They had a lead against the Colts in the AFC Championship, lost that game. The next year, the Steelers were beating them down pretty badly in the AFC Championship. They go on a comeback. They lose right at the end of the game with about seven minutes to go or about a few minutes to go. They had a chance, I believe, on fourth and seven. They missed that. The butt fumble after that. You know, I mean, seriously, guys like Darrell Revis leaving and then winning championships. You can't make this stuff up, man. It's funny because a lot of people ask me as a fantasy analyst, are you ever biased with the teams you root for? No. <laughs> as long as I've been a fantasy analyst, which has been essentially at this point 12, 13 years, the Jets have, for the most part, sucked. So if anything, I'm jaded against them. I mean, I think when you talk about great lineage in Chicago Bears fantasy history, it's Matt Forte. Yep. And who also played for the Jets. And when I say played for the Jets, he didn't really play for the Jets because right. he was also hurt for most of the time. Yeah, it's it's really a, a I the reason I give the Jets the the leg up as far as why it's harder to be a, a Bears fan. I I actually contend that it's probably worse right now to be a Broncos fan because you're stuck. You're stuck with John Payton, you're stuck with Russell Wilson for the next several years, and there's just you have no draft picks, there's no hope. Bears fans have at least draft picks. Jets fans at least have a very good defense, which we'll talk about in just a second. And if they get a quarterback, then all of a sudden the conversation changes and they're right back in the fold. Rodgers they did, and he injured himself four plays into the season, Ben. It's bad. I'm not, I'm not saying it's good, but what, what good fortune for the Chiefs. And listen, Chiefs fans, in my you know, in almost 10 years here now, Chiefs fans went through the ringer as well until Mahomes came along. Yeah, I mean, really until Andy Reid came along and Alex Smith really started to, to take his game to another level. But there was still a ceiling there. And then you draft Mahomes and you just greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And now everything is good. And I get to raise my kids in a city where they get to have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. They will you never already say he's better than Brady. What's that? You're already saying he's better than Brady. I say he's talent wise. Yeah. Okay. I, I, he's, Brady's the, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, but I, Mahomes can do things that I don't think anybody can do. I used to say that about Rodgers. Um, I, 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 every time I watch him, I'm my jaw drops. With Brady, it was just it was just flawless fundamental execution and like a Michael Jordan esque um, tenacity and competitive nature and. What I've noticed about Mahomes is if you watch the Netflix documentary, like that dude is confident as hell and has that same type of Michael Jordan mindset. And like, I thought he had it, but now I know he has it. And that's why I'm convinced that he's going to get to that level, if not perhaps surpass Brady. Like he's just, he's just wired. He's in the perfect situation and the team is just going to be good for forever, man. And, and he doesn't have that off the field 
off the court intensity like Michael Jordan did. It's almost like you could see Patrick Mahomes, which I, I like about the guy. You could see him as hanging out as one of our friends. My, Michael Jordan had this intensity about him at all times. And some of the top athletes in their sport of all times. I want to say Brady had that intensity too. But Patrick Mahomes seems like just like a cool guy that would chill on the couch and play GoldenEye or something with you. That's probably true. And his setup for GoldenEye probably right now in his uh, brand new La- uh, Lock Lloyd house is uh, <laughs> probably sensational. All right. Coming up on the other side, Ben Stanner are going to break down the Chiefs and the Jets from all different types of betting and prop angles. We will also go through our best bets for week four in the NFL. Plenty more ahead. He's Justin Fensterman. I'm Ben Heisler. This is Benny in the Bet. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So no matter your skill level, you can be fitted for PXG's flagship Gen 6 clubs are designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. All right, everybody, we are talking Chiefs and Jets here for week four in the NFL, the Sunday night game. It will likely be the highest rated Sunday night game in NFL history, and it has very little to do with the actual product on the field. <laughs> um, again, we we said we wouldn't talk about this uh, after the first few minutes of the show, but uh, certainly goes without saying. All right, so here's where I kind of want to start things off, Fancy, is as we record this show late on Thursday evening, Jets are a nine-point dog at home against Kansas City. Total is currently at 41 and a half. Uh, if you're looking to bet the Chiefs' money line over a DraftKings Sportsbook, it's just a tick under minus 400 if you're looking to take the Jets uh, on the money line, plus 310. Earlier this week, I was going through the live splits with DraftKings and VEASAN because they post you know updates every 15, 20 minutes regarding the amount of betting tickets that come in as well as um, the actual money coming in on the line. So at one point, this was the shortest line of the season for Kansas City. When you looked at the look-ahead lines during the offseason, the Jets were a one, maybe one-and-a-half-point dog at home. The Chiefs were favored in every single game coming into this season. But now if you look at the the betting splits for this game, and, and I, I find these numbers to be very, very interesting and also telling when it comes to this game. The Kansas City Chiefs have received 90% of the betting tickets. Again, this is via DraftKings Sportsbook. They have received 91% of the money. And yet, the line has gone from minus 10 down to minus 9 in favor of the Jets. The money is not always reflective of where the Sharps might be coming in to take this game. And I can't help but wonder if Vegas is basically indicating, well, 
we know that we're going to get hosed if the Kansas City Chiefs cover this game, but yet we're still going to move the line closer to Kansas City. Kind of leads me to believe that they think the Jets are going to keep this game maybe closer than most people. Do you think that maybe they think that because they saw what happened in that Jacksonville game a couple of weeks ago where what you had about a 51 total in that one? I mean, I was expecting it to be a shootout and it really wasn't. And it just showed maybe that Mahomes, even in a matchup which should have been great for him and it wasn't that great for him production-wise, it's almost like for Rocky, he's not a machine, he's a man. And maybe makes you think that the Jets with a top-notch defense, because we could everybody can make fun of the Jets all they want, but their defense is no joke. Wasn't a joke last year. It carried them through a lot of weeks. So seeing already that the Chiefs had a game where they scored less than 20 points, and you combine that thought process with the Jets' top proven top-notch defense, maybe it does give the Jets and taking the Jets a little bit more water than just thinking. The Jets can't put up, it's Patrick Mahomes versus Zach Wilson, and the Jets can't put up any points. So I think that's where the hook is a little bit for this game, is that maybe because the Jets' defense is bringing that intrigue up, that the Jets can keep Kansas City, because I still don't think, because the Chiefs' defense has been good themselves, I don't think the Jets are going to be scoring points. Where are the Chiefs going to be able to put 30 up on them? I don't think so. Right, and, and right now, if you're looking at the total, um, where do you find that number for the, the Chiefs and the Jets to be able to get to? What's that magic number for Kansas City to get to that total of 41 and a half? Let's talk about this Jets defense for a second, because as you said, even going into this year, you had Rodgers and you had a very stout running game. You had the emergence of Garrett Wilson um, and you had an improved offensive line that still had some holes, but they were noticeably better than over the last few years. They were developing there. But the defense was going to be their calling card. Have they played up to the standard that they've needed to? Um, has it basically been the reason that they're one and two right now is purely because of the quarterback position? You can't really put anything on the defense at this point. I can't put anything on the defense. I mean, look who they played. It's it's they played Buffalo to start the season and won that game. Yeah, they win the game and they had no business winning that game. But again. They didn't. I, they had no momentum. They lost all that momentum instantly. The intro to the game, Aaron Rodgers running on the field. That that hope that Jets fans had was taken away within two minutes going into that game. Two actual life minutes, not game minutes. So they they proved themselves and they could hold down Buffalo. And it's not as much the offense. It's the fact that they were able to still limit Josh Allen going through all that and able to win in overtime. And then you go up against Dallas, another good contending team. Okay, they took a dump against Dallas. Dallas was all over them from the start. They didn't have a chance. And then with New England, it's a divisional matchup. So with the divisional matchup in a way, I don't want to say all bets are off, but you have to look at these teams differently that have been matching up year after year, twice a year. And this Jets team, again, it's Mac Jones. We understand that, but it's still, it's Bill Belichick, an incredible coach. And seeing the Jets still being in that game against the Patriots, which they had no clue being in that game. All those props, Ben, go to the defense and how they're able to slow down the opposition, and that's huge. And we talk about pace of play a lot when talking NBA wagering, but here, that's what the Jets' defense does. They're, they literally swarm, and they're able to move very quickly, succinctly as one, 
And like last year, that's still what makes them a great defense. I can't give the defense any problems. The Jets have had a very tough start to the schedule, and they played decently during it outside of the Dallas game. But with this game with Kansas City, it's almost like now you're looking at the two good defenses, and you saw what Kansas City, again, I go back to that game against Jacksonville, still able to pull it out. And I don't think at this point, and again, when I had last checked the line, it was at 42 and a half, so it's gone down over the last few hours. Yeah. Still, I'm not thinking that I'd be, as someone who's mainly an over better, I can't bet the over on this game with confidence. I just can't. What's crazy about this line, too, and I, I was doing a little bit of digging before this show, the last time Kansas City, and this is a pretty remarkable stat, given cold weather teams and just the nature of the NFL in general, the Kansas City Chiefs have not played in a game where the total has been this low since Patrick Mahomes' first ever start in 2017 in Week 17 on the road in either late December or early January against the Denver Broncos. And they went way above that total. I think the last time that it was even like 42 and a half or 43, you have to go back to last year in November in a game where there were 16-point favorites against the LA Rams, who at that point in the season, they had basically punted on the year. So given all that we know about this defense and also this total, I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the play that I have for this game. Um but I do look at this matchup and say, okay, the Jets have given up four touchdowns in total this year. Um, they've been remarkably consistent on defense. It's just a matter of how Kansas City is able to keep their offense on the field and wear out the Jets. Because that's what you saw in the Dallas game. It got out of hand fairly quickly. Wilson was terrible. And then it just escalated after that. If the Jets are able to get an opening score, or an opening touchdown, something. And this feels like the type of game from a desperation level, Fancy. If this is a Jets team that still believes that they can contend for a playoff spot, I, I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Kansas City and just try to do everything possible to get themselves an early lead so that they can try to apply any sort of pressure on Mahomes to have to do the same. Because as good as Kansas City's offense looked in Week 3, I think you kind of have to throw that out the window knowing what we know about the Chicago Bears defense. Right. Or the Bears in general. They're or the Bears just... in general. Right. Like this is I I'm not saying the Chiefs have to prove anything to me, but I haven't been impressed with the offense the first couple of weeks of the year. Week three, it was against the Bears. Bears have been giving up twenty five points or more in now thirteen weeks. That's a record. I, this is the week if you want to showcase that you're once again with Mad Nagy calling the plays and no real wide receivers to speak of. This has to be the week that you you put it on tape and put it on display. Otherwise, I think the questions are going to remain. Right. And that's something that when you view the Jets, you got to view the entire complexion of the Jets. And that's what you've done, Ben. And you're not just viewing the Jets as Zach Wilson-led Jets. You're viewing the Jets as, yeah, the offense has problems, but there's this defense can contend for a Super Bowl title. They just got to be able to score the points at this time. And I, I can't disrespect the Chiefs defense, and I'm with you there when it comes to Mahomes. And look, missing his security blanket, Travis Kelsey, and look, we got to factor that in just a little bit as well. 
because that's huge. Because outside of that, Patrick Mahomes is not really a fantasy friend for those that invest in Mahomes indirectly for his receivers. He said it last year, Ben. He said it last year for fantasy teams. Essentially, he was talking to the audience when he said that you're not going to like us for fantasy. I'm going to spread the ball around too much. And where are we at this year? You got Travis Kelsey, and here we are again, spreading the ball around. And that's just what the Chiefs do. And that's where it's going to be very interesting. And look, if the Chiefs can do what Dallas did, especially in the air against the Jets, I think Chiefs fans could sleep like babies moving forward. If the Chiefs can have a successful passing attack against this stout Jets defense, then I feel that all the issues that you may see, that paranoia, those nerves that you may have, whether or not they could go back to the big game, I think that you could have a boatload more confidence because the Jets defense is a top five defense. They continue to prove that they're not letting up that many scores. They just can't score themselves. And that's the problem. And that's going to continue to be a problem. And one other thing, Ben, I want to bring up, and this is where reality can intertwine with wagering fantasy. The Jets locker room, everything that you read is that that locker room is very divided right now. So as good as that defense is, it's very young in the season. I'm hoping that that divide and the drama that we're reading about doesn't take away the motivation of the Jets' defense to perform. All right, so let's take a look at the matchup here, and then I'll. I know you you provided um, where you're likely going for this game, so we'll talk about that as well, along with some props. But matchup wise, you know, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Given the state of the Chiefs' defense and how dominant they've been, um, especially in in opponent yards per play, um, they've been getting to the quarterback, especially with Chris Jones coming back. Um, We we have to start having that conversation now about Kansas City being, and I I heard Chase Daniel say this, that he thinks this is the best defense Andy Reid has had since he's come to Kansas City. They look like a top three defense in the league. How does that affect when you're looking at props for Kansas City? Because at one point, they used to just be an automatic over. Now, I think because of the nature of that defense, now you have to approach it from a different lens. So from that type of perspective, at least offensively for Kansas City and going up against the Jets defense, are are you looking at some of these lines saying, I'd probably just have to lean under here or have you started to find because of the fact that the defense has brought out um, this exceptional nature that the numbers are just a little bit lower and they're going to have to be able to put up some more yards here? Where, where do you stand on how the props are lining up for this game? Hey, I'm looking more at the ground attack for both teams rather than in the air. And I spent a lot of time because props are still coming out at this point looking at trying to find something, a spark, a nice yardage total from the receiving side, especially from the Jets. And I just couldn't do it. I literally couldn't do it. Now, the Jets have let up a few tight end touchdowns, and that's where you kind of sink your teeth into the Jets a little bit with Kelsey. But you're not going to get great odds on an anytime touchdown from him. That's the thing. You're just not going to get great odds on that. However, so plus every Taylor Swift fan in the country is going to be taking the over. You said you're not bringing her up anymore. It was part of the betting analysis. <laughs> you know every Swifty is going to be taking a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. And I almost feel, I feel like I have to fade it almost because of it. Yeah. It's, and imagine if they're not dating and this whole thing is a publicity stunt. Imagine that, Ben. That's never happened before. Never. But it makes me look at when it comes to props from the Chiefs side. I'll say this right now. I've got nothing on the Jets' side. Zero. 
I've got 0.0 props on the Jets outside of the one bet that involves the Jets, the under on the 41.5. When I saw it at 42.5, still at 41.5, I'm fine with that. Think about going back to the Jets-Dallas game. 30-10 to 10 game right there. Dallas put up 30 points, and it still went under that now 41.5 total we got on this game. So, little perspective that a team could still drop 30, and the Jets' offense is so weak that they could still put up 10. That goes under. The props that I'm looking at for Kansas City, I'm looking at two. Isaiah Pacheco at 11.5 receiving yards. I like that. And looking at the routes run for him, it's been a good amount of routes run. Jarek McKinnon, not on the field as much, but when on the field he's utilized, he's at 14.5 receiving yards. So think about this, Ben. You got Pacheco, the guy who's in there a bit more, with the lower receiving yards prop, and you got McKinnon with three yards higher, but still at a very low prop. Those are the two I'm looking at, especially Pacheco. So I'm taking the over when it comes to Pacheco on the receiving yards because the Jets do give up receptions and receiving yards to running backs. That's a plain thing. And Travis Kelsey also, I saw a boost on DraftKings. That looks very intriguing. It's probably a trap because it looks so juicy. 20-plus receiving yards each half during the game. And you get a nice little boost from that. So that's what I'm looking at when it comes to this game. Okay. Yeah, I, I think Pacheco, especially as the season goes on, he'll start to become a little bit more of a reliable option. The problem is that with McKinnon and Clyde still just hanging around, I, I've been hesitant to to really march in on Pacheco territory in the prop market. And then, like you said with Kelsey, the, the boost there is going to be a very intriguing option. Um, I am also on this game, but I took the Jets at plus 10. Uh, that number obviously not available anymore on DraftKings, but I think once it got to double digits, Patrick Mahomes on the road as a double-digit favorite in his career uh, is 0-4-0 against the spread. Uh, and again, I, I believe the Jets are going to put up a fight defensively. I'm not necessarily convinced that the Matt Nagy offense is as electric as we saw in Week 3. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet the total offensively, but I think you make a, a very compelling point. Um a lot of times with Chiefs totals, I'll I'll try to jump on mid-game because I know that their scripted offense is almost assuredly going to get some early points, uh, and then the number maybe starts to, to... You might be able to get a little bit better value there, but you're on the under, uh, and you're on those two props as well. I am on the Jets plus 10. By the way, Fensty, you brought up the, uh, the awesome Travis Kelsey boost. Big fan of the boosts. Big fan of anything that's going to be able to get us some better value on the board. And the only place you can get that boost is over at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is week four in the NFL fence. The DraftKings Sportsbook continues here at KCSN as well as all around the country to keep us in on the NFL action with amazing offers every single game day. And new customers can get five bucks, um, or excuse me, they can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. You throw five bucks down on any of this week's epic matchups, including Kansas City versus the Jets, and walk away an instant winner. They're not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is just more fun when you're in on the actions. So here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you have not done so already. Sign up with the code KCSN, and new customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, don't forget to use that code KCSN DraftKings. The crown is yours. Big suck. Here we go. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, Boyd in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources, bonus bets expire seven days after they are issued, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Woo! Okay. Right. Can I can I jump on that for a quick second here? Please. Something else you could do on DraftKings, which they continue to offer, and I'm sure they're going to pull this. It's, I'm not sure they're going to pull this, but it's been great. They're offering no sweat bets, a token for no sweat bets. Yes. Thursday, for Sunday, and for Monday. So a lot of those no sweat bets are about up to $10, which is great. So it's almost like you're putting in your $10, find some plus odds out there. Or you know what? You could find plus odds there and try to benefit completely. Or even if you find something that's like a minus 120 for like, let's say that Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, yeah. let's say it falls under the minus 135. Use the no sweat bet token to bet that. And there you go. He doesn't score. You get your $10 right back. The the one that I used the other night was for the, the Eagles game. I had uh, Jalen Hurts for an anytime touchdown. And then I moved the uh, Mike Evans prop uh, down to from, I think it was like 65 and a half down to 45 and a half because nice. with the same game parlays, you can move a lot of those tiers down. So you're still getting great value. You're still getting plus odds and it's a no sweat. So if that bet doesn't hit, you're able to get your money back in the form of 10 bucks and a bonus bet a little bit later on. So plenty of ways you can get in on the action. And we, of course, are greatly appreciative to DraftKings Sportsbook for their support here on Benny and the Bets. All right, we've gone through our bets for Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets. On the other side, Fest has got some other props for week four in the NFL, and I have some bets on the games as well. Final bit of Benny and the Bets for week four coming up next. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, Fancy. Before we dive into some of our favorite bets of the week, I, I do want to get your perspective on arguably the game of the week. Um, yes, it's, it's not Kansas City, New York Jets, although maybe we thought at the beginning of the, the season that would be the, the week four game we'd be all talking about. Um, for me, it's Miami and Buffalo with a massive total uh, at 53 and a half at some books. You can find it at DraftKings uh, currently at 54. Uh, Buffalo still available uh, as a two and a half point favorite at home at DraftKings. Most other books currently have them at three. Are you buying Miami being able to put up these type of numbers all season long? Obviously, the speed that they have on the outside and then Mike McDaniel running the show with a really creative run scheme that opens up so many easy passing lanes for a very accurate passer like Tua. My concern is that Tua hasn't just been able, he hasn't been able to stay healthy through an entire season. And given his history with head injuries, and also, there's some concerns with Raheem Mostert staying healthy. Jalen Waddle missed last week. Tyreek Hill has missed some time in, in previous years. When everybody's on the field, they're electric, and the defense has outperformed some of their expectations. But I still look at Buffalo, and the fact that I can get them at home at less than a, at less than a, a field goal favorite, I'm on the Bills this week at minus 2.5, and, and I'm curious to get your perspective on this game. 
when it comes to overall, I agree with you regarding Tua. And if Tua, the second his head hits the ground, the league is going to be swarming Miami after what happened last year. No doubt. And maybe an issue. Uh, the like, let's just say, don't be surprised if clearing the concussion protocol for Tua, let's say, adds a few more hurdles than any other player in the league to clear concussion protocol because of what happened. That was a disaster last year and how the league and the team were on the same page was Mike McDaniel lying about Tua's condition. I mean, that that all that definitely put a sour taste in the mouths of definitely the league. So he is going to be targeted unless if, if he gets concussed, don't expect him to be just going back in. This is going to be handled very differently. So I worry about Miami for the long term. Raheem Mostert too. When Raheem Mostert is on the field, he rushes for over five, almost five and a half yards per carry for his career, for his career. And also what I loved last year is that there's familiarity with Mike McDaniel too. So we knew how to utilize Mostert as well. Now we see Achan get in as well, get in on the action. But when it comes to this game, I'm still with you. I'm more on the Buffalo side. Buffalo has dealt with a few injuries as well, especially on the outside safety corner injuries too. And that's definitely something that's impacted them. Something that I'm looking out for this game, because if teams are going to throw against Miami or going to be forced to throw, you got to be careful with these props, but pass attempts. I saw currently that Josh Allen's pass attempts prop, I believe is at 35 and a half. And he could definitely hit the over on that. But at the same time, you, you got to be careful. If you're thinking that Miami's going to be able to score points against Buffalo, keeping them in the game, then Josh Allen's going to be throwing a little bit more. I don't foresee Buffalo being very behind in this game. However, one of the things that I've also been toying with is I see this prop right here of James Cook, who's looked pretty good, 56 and a half yards on the ground against Miami. The over actually looks pretty intriguing, but it's almost like that. It's two different schools of thought. If I'm betting the over on that, then I'm probably not betting the over on the pass attempts for Allen. And I'll look maybe and see what the completion numbers are at. That's not out last I checked on DraftKings Sportsbook. So if I'm more on the James Cook rushing yards prop, I'm probably going to stay away from the Allen pass attempts there. Perfectly reasonable take. What about the rest of the slate? Where are you looking as far as bats? Where are you looking as far as props for week four? So a couple of, one that I definitely want your opinion on. The first one is Josh Palmer. Mike Williams is done for the year. Just feels so bad for him. Very athletic person, very athletic athlete, just can't stay on the field. The back issues that he had, the back issues coming into his career as well. Now a torn ACL he's dealing with. Josh Palmer, we saw him get targeted seven times. This is not going away. And even let's just say Austin Eckler, I know that he's been out. Let's say Austin Eckler ends up playing. I'm still not scared off of this prop. Josh Palmer, over 43 and a half receiving yards against Vegas. Again, it's a divisional matchup. So maybe the defenses come to play a little bit here. I'm still expecting a lot of points in this game, no matter what, even if it's a divisional game. Palmer, to me, that number two option, a lot of people are very intrigued on Quinton Johnston. So I'm fine with that. But Josh Palmer, more of an established receiver, definitely more experienced with Johnston being a rookie. So for this matchup here, before the yardage goes up, I'm going over 43 and a half receiving yards against Vegas. Lo love the play. Um, saw earlier this week, um, from Adam Pfeiffer that he's seen at least five targets in 14 games since the start of last season. Uh, this is somebody that was getting a fair amount of target share 
even with Mike Williams in the lineup. So Herbert is not afraid to throw his way. And I think because of all the noise right now around Keenan Allen, and he's on pace to you know set the, the all-time receptions record. And again, talk about guys that haven't been able to stay on the field consistently for an entire year. Like I'm, I'm happy for Keenan Allen, even in Kansas City, the fact that he's just on the field. Um, I just, I, I don't know how long it's going to last. So uh, with, with somebody like Palmer, who is also an explosive threat down the field and Herbert throws as good of a deep ball as almost anybody in the league, I think he might be able to pass it on perhaps one or two deep balls. Um, and we already know that the targets is going to be there. So I'm with you on the over at 43 and a half. And I think that number is only going to continue to grow throughout the course of the week. There you go. I want to see if you're on this one, though, because it involves your Chicago Bears. Roshan Johnson. My I mean, guy. Yep. So you're starting to see him. The one bright spot so far for the Chicago Bears. You know, this year. The snaps have gone up every single week pretty consistently, thinking that maybe he'll be a little bit more involved if Mr. Herbert's going to fumble the ball, especially over 31 and a half rushing yards versus the Broncos. Is it a trap play? after what we saw the Miami backs do to Denver. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think this is such a low number. You're telling me that this guy, let's say, if I'm expecting by taking the over on this, Ben, and he did it in four carries a couple of weeks ago, I'm expecting Johnson to get eight to 10 carries in this game. And I think going up against Denver, who's allowed over five and a half yards per carry, and again, small sample size, those numbers really popped up after what happened in week three when you saw Mostert and A-Chan run all over them. But we can't ignore the fact that they did that, Ben. And still, it's such a low number. He's going to be more involved. I know that, and I'm sure everybody's expecting Fields to run more as well. I still think there's plenty of room for multiple players to run. Why? Because they can't get their passing attack down, Pat. So they're going to more focus on the run here. So I'm thinking the over for 31 and a half on the ground for Roshan Johnson. I, I, I'm also with you there. Roshan's been... It, when they drafted him in the fourth round, the, the the whole conversation about him is that, yeah, he wasn't the starter Bijan Robinson was, but this is somebody that completely changes your locker room and your culture. And obviously, we haven't seen it yet, but there's a reason that even though Khalil Herbert had a nice year, um, um, Devontae Freeman, or not Devontae Freeman, um, Deontay Foreman, right. I, I've always gotten those guys confused for the last five years. Deontay Foreman was a, a $3 million signing who... I think had a thousand yard year in Carolina last year, and he hasn't been on the field much at all. They buy into Roshan as somebody that can get involved in pass protection. He's averaging up near five plus yards per carry. The Broncos come into this game with the second worst yards per rush attempt in the league. Only Buffalo has been worse. So if you're looking for a reason to consider Miami in this game, or, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, the over on Raheem Mostert while he still remains healthy. Or, uh, or Devon Shane. Um, that's another consideration for me as well. But yeah, they, they trust him. And the other thing that was a big takeaway, especially with all the guys that were breaking down film from that Bears game, and, and by the way, just mad props to them for having to sit through that. <laughs> to, if they weren't looking at it from a Kansas City lens and watching it purely to just watch what happened to the Bears, um, they weren't able to run the ball at all because there was no opportunity to. Kansas City just took that ability away from them with all the points that they scored early on in that game. The Bears want to run the ball, and they were a very good run-based team last year. So I'm with you on Rashawn Johnson. I think the the targets and the, the the opportunity is going to be there. And even if he does rush eight times, averages 4.1 yards per carry, 
he's going to pass that number that he's currently uh, projected to get to. So I- I'm with you there. I think they want to run the ball against Denver, especially at home, try to take some pressure off of fields. Um, and I think Chicago's going to score some points, as will Denver in this game. So I like that plan, Rashawn Johnson, quite a bit. So those two, and then the other one, and this, the odds aren't out for this one yet, but Ken Walker, anytime touchdown. I, I'm hoping, and I can't see it being more than minus 135, let's just say. But look, we were talking about the DraftKings token boost that they have, where it's you get a token for a no-sweat bet for Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. So use that no-sweat bet on an anytime touchdown for Ken Walker. And Ken Walker's been able to get into the end zone. And I'm seeing Seattle within the five. It's like when you're looking for long plays, they're sitting there on the five and they're running the ball and they're prioritizing Ken Walker. I think a lot of us thought that Zach Charbonnet would immediately completely cut into Walker and Walker was an afterthought. What I thought going in was that, yeah, Zach Charbonnet is going to be good for short passes. You've got him for short passes. You've got Smith the Jigba for short passes as well. Metcalf, though, we'll have to see if he plays. But regardless, against the Giants, too, who have allowed a good amount of touchdowns so far on the ground, he's scoring Ken Walker on Monday night. Yeah, and this is somebody that scored a pair of touchdowns last week against Carolina. I had that bet, too. I had the anytime touchdown. Actually, I had the anytime touchdown for him. And then with the no-sweat bet, I bet him to score the first touchdown. And remember, Ben, there wasn't a touchdown, I believe, for the first quarter and a half. So... That was still in play for a while, and that one didn't hit. I got my $10 back, but still was able to cash on the anytime touchdown. Yeah, and also if you're if you're willing to dive into the weeds a little bit as well, um, sometimes given how much Seattle is comfortable with running the ball late in games, especially in games that they're ahead, if you buy in a game script, you believe that the Seahawks are going to go into the Meadowlands, win this game against the Giants, where Daniel Jones historically over the course of his career has been a terrible quarterback, against the spread at home. And the Giants in this game are actually, I believe, a one-point favorite um, over the Seattle Seahawks, which certainly would surprise a lot of people. Um, but but given what we know about his history there, I'm sorry, the, the line has moved. It's now a Seahawks minus one uh, as of Thursday night. They so smartened again, up. Yes, smartened up just very much so. But if you buy into Seattle being able to handle their business on the road on Monday night against the Giants team, that really is a disaster at this point. Should be 0-3 if not for that remarkable comeback against Arizona. I I, I think maybe you consider jumping in on another anytime touchdown live opportunity for Kenneth Walker where the odds are going to go through the roof, especially if he hasn't scored in the later portion of this game. So I'm with you. Use the anytime touchdown. A lot of these bets and opportunities are also available live as well. Fancy, you're the best. It's always great to see you. Before I let you go, I didn't, I totally forgot about this. Uh, major trade in the association for all the work that you do in the NFL. The NBA is your bread and butter. Um, do you look at any of the the updated futures now regarding the, the Bucks, the Blazers, the Suns? Any differently now that now that Dame is a member of the Bucks and Drew Holiday is likely on his way out of Portland? I take the Suns a little bit more seriously. I do too. And, and not and, enough people are talking about that they really improved themselves from this trade, even though DeAndre Ayton is no longer there. Right. I mean, DeAndre Ayton wasn't a complete stopper defensively either. And that's something that with them getting Yusuf Nurkic, it's not that hard of a transition defensively. Yusuf Nurkic is going to bring you offense, but kind of like with what we're talking about with some of these football players, Nurkic has to stay healthy. 
He has a history of getting hurt. He's got to be able to stay on the court, but they don't need him to play 35 minutes or whatnot. They don't need him to play 30 minutes. If you want to start him out early on in the season, you're going to have Kevin Durant handling a lot of that offense. Play him 28 to 30 minutes to try to preserve him and see if that works. We've seen some other teams do that with their centers to try to preserve their health. So I think the Suns got their much-needed depth. Nasir Little, Grayson Allen, two guys off the bench that'll be very good for them. And then with what Portland did, I mean, man, I'm excited to see the Scoot Henderson show now and see what that's like, too. Getting DeAndre Ayton, they needed a bigger center presence, so they got him. And let's just say, I you got to think that Drew Holiday is going to be dealt. But let's just say he's not. Let's say he's not dealt. I mean, can they run a three-guard offense with maybe Shaden Sharp smart starting as a small, small forward? I mean, that's something that they can consider as well. Drew Holiday, very skilled and very solid defensively as well. So if, let's say, Portland can't find the right deal, they can't get the deal done with Miami, still Drew Holiday, a very good piece to have. And then, of course, with Milwaukee, there's your new big three. Lillard, Giannis, Middleton, Middleton, if he can stay healthy, still with their big core with Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis. It's going to be incredible seeing Dame and Giannis play with each other. I don't think there's going to be any interference. They play at different parts of the court. If the Milwaukee's going to be moving the ball quicker. It's going to be so exciting. And like we saw on DraftKings Sportsbook, Denver, not the favorites to win the title anymore. No, not at all. And uh, a fascinating show, uh, especially gearing up for the start of the NBA season, which I know you'll be back for, uh, providing amazing analysis and great insights, breaking down the film, going through the games, and making sure that we are prepared from a betting perspective. Please make sure you guys are listening to Fancy on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio and NFL Radio. Uh, if you even want to tune in uh, for a little Maryland oldies, you can do so as well. Uh, and please do check out his work over at Fantasy Guru. Stuff is outstanding, as you know. The 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 first repeat guest here on wow. Bets, and uh, for for good reason. He's one of the best in the business. Thank you, Fancy. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much for having me again, buddy. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.